This is from Newer with Love, the podcast that aims to help you discover the light within you because you're awesome, living the life you deserve, and loving who you are. Assalamu alaikum rahmatullahi wa barakatuh, everyone. Welcome, welcome, welcome back to another episode of From Noor with Love. I'm your host, Noor and Fox. Thank you so much for joining me on this journey today. In last week's episode, we talked about the power of forgiveness. And we discussed in some detail that that power of forgiveness is actually your freedom. Now, if you haven't already listened to that episode, do check it out. I think it'll be beneficial to you. And remember to subscribe to my podcast so you'll be notified of new episodes, inshallah. Today, we're going to talk about self-compassion. This discussion is based on some key points from the book, Self-Compassion, The Proven Power of Being Kind to Yourself by Kristen Neff. I do find it a very beneficial book and those things that aren't in line with my Islamic beliefs are just put to the side. However, there are many beneficial aspects of that book, so I do recommend it. I've added my own Islamic perspective to some of the main lessons of the book and I've only highlighted what I consider to be most beneficial and that I can handle during this time frame that we have, inshallah. So that brings me to my first topic, and that's intention. For those of you who don't know me, I'm a revert to Islam, and I accepted Islam a few years ago. And one of the things that really started to resonate intention or niyyah, which in Islam is a central theme. It's all about your intention. And I bring this up because I want to stress the importance of making intention to be closer to Allah part of your healing journey. One of the things is that when we've been traumatized and we require healing, it can become a very egocentric journey. My suggestion is to ask yourself, how are you making Allah part of your healing journey? If you find that God isn't part of your journey or maybe not the most prominent part of your journey, then ask yourself how you can better rely on his divine guidance and take steps towards making sure that you rely on Allah first. Self-help should always start from a place of faith in God and seeking his help and then taking the necessary steps to help you help yourself. Keep keeping in mind the understanding that Allah is the one who is really going to facilitate your healing and that any healing that comes from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is far more beneficial and powerful to our lives. You know, during the five daily prayers or salah, we Muslims recite Surah Al-Fatiha and in Ayah 5 we recite in Arabic, it is you we worship and you, you we ask for help. This is a reminder not only for you but for myself as well to ask Allah for help and to follow this with other necessary steps and throughout the process continue asking Allah for help. Actually, we should be doing this with everything in our life, inshallah. Part of care is giving your heart what it needs and our hearts are in need of Allah because Allah created our heart for him. In a previous episode, we talked about an exercise that I did in which I wrote someone I loved a letter and said to them the things that I said to myself. What came out of that exercise 
is that I realized I had very little self-compassion. I wasn't recognizing my own suffering and instead I was just brushing away and punishing myself for my vulnerability. And Kristen Neff says that one of the qualities of self-compassion is the ability to give yourself those same things that you give another person when you express passion towards them. And that means acknowledging our own suffering. And once I was able to do this, I started to really be much kinder to myself. Our suffering can stem from anything we experience in life. And not judging ourselves for feeling pain and suffering, but instead showing ourselves kindness is a really one of the first steps towards incorporating self-compassion in your life. And in her book, she discusses the drawbacks of living in an individual-centric society, as is the case with many Western societies, and how this fuels feelings of failure. Because if you rely on yourself and you fail, well, it's only you to blame. This is why I stress the Islamic way of coping with problems, which is to first turn to Allah. When we rely on Allah first, we train ourselves to turn to him in times of need as well as other times. So when we're faced with failures or setbacks, we have our creator to turn to. And it's a completely different way of thinking. You still need to take action and rely on yourself, but you first rely on Allah and ask him for help. Once I understood this, my entire attitude towards life and my existence began to shift away from just trying to exist and improve and just following through the motions of things that I had learned to really having a purposeful existence. Self-compassion, it requires action. It means being intentional in your actions that you take to improve yourself and to maintain and to safeguard your well-being as she's mentioned in the book and Christian Neff says as well that self-compassion leads to a proactive behavior to better your situation and she continues that self-compassion fosters a positive mindset and that's what this podcast is all about helping you to foster positive mindset and if you already have a positive mindset to improve on that once you stop beating yourself up and you stop being overly critical, you create room to start thinking positively about yourself. Now, exercise from the book that I found really useful and extremely confrontational was how do you typically react to yourself and your life? And how do you typically react to difficulties in your life? I read this book several years ago and that question, I allowed it to resonate with me. So I sat down and I answered it at that time I was reading it, but I kept it in my mind and I tr allowed myself to see in action what I was actually thinking about my life and how I reacted to difficulties in my life and how I reacted to myself. And that really helped to help me understand myself better and where there are room for improvement. These questions can help you really gauge your level of self-compassion and to help you identify where you need to work and what areas you need to work on. And it can also help you gauge how much you rely on Allah. Are you turning to him first from the beginning or only once the situation reaches a critical point? 
in my own case, I realized that I was turning to him once I reached a critical point. And it hadn't always been the case because when I was a child, I used to turn to God in prayer for everything first. But as I became adult, an adult, I became more individualistic and started to rely less on him. And asking these questions really helped me to remember that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the most loving. So don't beat yourself up because we all need to make improvements. Instead of being overly critical, just make the improvements by gradually and consistently incorporating positive change into your life and in your worship, inshallah. We need to see ourselves for who we are. I talked about that in episode two, keeping it real with yourself. This means being honest with yourself and your strengths, as well as your shortcomings. And I like that word shortcomings because it implies something that you can improve on. By creating a grounded and realistic view of yourself, you are able to really start to view yourself and the world around you in a more real and beneficial way because you have something that you can build on. Some of the core components of self-compassion that are discussed in the book are being kind to yourself and recognizing that we are all in this together and being mindful of what is. So let's start with being kind to yourself. Let's do an exercise. Think back to the last time you judge yourself. What did you say about yourself? Did you use kind words? Did you judge yourself accurately? What patterns do you see and how you spoke to yourself? Now, what this exercise can help you do is that once you discover that pattern, it's something that you can work on. You can see what it is that you're telling yourself and how it is impacting on your life. One of the reoccurring patterns I discovered is that I was setting an impossible standard for myself to reach, an impossible goal, telling myself I was able to reach it and then doing everything to fail. And I discovered this through the exercise that I just suggested. And I realized that the pattern of what I was saying to myself was, you're not as good as other people. You're stupid. You don't work hard enough. And at times this was true because my negative critical voice made me shut down. But then I began to realize that I was afraid of failing and that made me put in an incorrect amount of effort. Or if I had put in a correct amount of effort, I didn't give myself the time that I needed. And this was most of the time the case. And it was all with the purpose of affirming the statement, you are going to fail. I started to replace these statements with kinder ones. However, ones that still kept me responsible for the outcome and that motivated me. So instead of saying you're stupid or you didn't work hard enough, I would replace it with what knowledge or skills do you have that can help you reach your goal? Do you require any additional knowledge or skills? How much time do you realistically need? And how much input can you realistically give? And I would turn all the negative thoughts into positive statements that could help me to facilitate my goals. And this really helped to dissipate the fear. So start to practice this in your everyday life. This is where being mindful becomes very helpful. When you're mindful, you see things at the present moment as they are realistically. They aren't, you aren't making them overly optimistic and you're not being overly critical of yourself. 
which is a very positive way of thinking. And a part of becoming more self-compassionate is to practice mindfulness and to incorporate it into how you think about things in the now. It takes consistent practice to make it a lasting part of your mindset. You know, and you may even want to you know, apply for a course which can really be helpful in really practicing these tools, this way of thinking and making it a part of your regular daily life. So if you haven't already taken a mindfulness course, I suggest that you find one near you and inshallah it will benefit you. It makes really only sense when you think about it that mindfulness is a key part of self-compassion because you need to be realistic with yourself in order to be compassionate with yourself. If you're overly critical of yourself or you see things better than they are, then you and you try to practice self-compassion, it just becomes inauthentic. And what Kristen Neff talks about is taking time to recognize moments of suffering in the now. And I found this to be very powerful. This means recognizing what you're feeling and acknowledging those feelings in a grounded way. This also helps you to be able to better give yourself what you need at those moments. Remember that it all comes down to being consistent. Developing a negative mindset over time and being consistent and persistent in your negativity is what helped you develop that mindset. And the same is true for developing mindfulness and self-compassion. It needs consistency and perseverance. I remember that I used to judge life as having it out for me and people for being against me and I or I would just completely trust people there really was no balance in the way I dealt with the world and myself it was from one extreme to the other but by becoming more mindful in my daily life I started to develop a more grounded view of not only myself but of the world around me looking at others in a more realistic light is one of the reasons Kristen Neff states in her book that we are all in it together. And that really res resonated with me. It reminded me that Allah told this to humanity in the Quran. He says in Surah Al-Baqarah 155, I will surely test you with something of fear and hunger and a loss of wealth and lives and fruits, but give glad tidings to the patient. And remembering that Allah tests us all is very comforting. It's also a way of staying grounded. There's no need to compare your suffering or tests with another in a negative way. You can compare it in a way that you're grateful that you don't have that test, but you shouldn't be comparing it in a way like, oh, why am I being tested with this and the other person isn't being tested with that? because Allah is perfect in every way and Allah is testing us in the most perfect way. He's testing you, he's testing me, he's testing that person you think has it easy, he's testing all of us, alhamdulillah. And keep this in, keeping this in mind will help you to overcome that test, inshallah. Some of the benefits that I experienced in becoming more self-compassionate is first and foremost growth in the sense that I was able to give myself what I need emotionally. And this is very important. It really led me to having more structure in my life, being kinder, more loving to myself, and it helped me also to create structure in attaining my goals. Recently, I made a very big decision in my life, 
and I started to pursue that goal and I was faced with one challenge and rejection after the other. And one of the rejections was actually very cruel and a way of trying to harm me. I allowed myself to feel the disappointment. I didn't over-exaggerate it. I didn't stay stuck in that place of self-pity. I also didn't stay stuck in this place of blaming the other. Once I acknowledged that the hurt I was feeling and what I needed to achieve my goal, I just took the necessary steps and continued to do this to this day. In the past, I would have stayed stuck in the negative thoughts and convinced myself to either give up or if I continued, I would have gotten no satisfaction because I would have convinced myself with my negative mindset that there was no joy in it. Self-compassion has created joy in my life. It's enabled me to have a much deeper, deeper appreciation of all the little things. And when I actually add them all up, they are just huge, big, wonderful blessings. And it's created far more consistency and fulfillment. It has led me to finding purpose for the talents that Allah has given me. And for a long time, I didn't know what what I needed to do with my talents. And finding this purpose really came by having self-compassion and being kind to myself, being mindful. And alhamdulillah, I'm so grateful for that. Treating myself with compassion has also made me reflect more on the compassion of the most compassionate, Arahim, Allah. An exercise that I would like for you to do and to incorporate into your daily life is to choose a time of the day when you can reflect on one of the names of Allah and think of how you see this name in your life. It's so easy to get caught up in feeling entitled, not even recognizing our blessings. And by taking time, you create a culture of gratitude. And Allah has told us many times in the Quran that he rewards our gratitude. In a previous episode, I mentioned how reflecting on blessings helped me to have a more positive mindset because you shift away from the things that may not be working to the things that are working and the blessings that you do have. And you begin to realize that you have way more blessings than you thought. And I've since um, started incorporating, reflecting on one of the names of Allah into my Alhamdulillah journal. I take it slow. I choose to reflect on one name more than one day, using it in my duas so I can learn the meaning of that name. And I also want to experience an emotional attachment to the name. And that by taking it slow, it also helps me to memorize the name, inshallah. I had tried just learning the names, learning the names, and it lacked that emotional attachment. That's why I decided to take it slow and to really be mindful in my understanding, my seeing how that name is reflected around me and experiencing that emotional attachment to the name. Another benefit of practicing self-compassion that has that I've experienced is that it really helped me develop my true talents, which I mentioned just a little bit earlier. I'm able to appreciate those talents and find ways to use them in a purposeful manner. And this podcast is a manifestation of my practice of self-compassion, alhamdulillah. 
And I tell you this because I want to encourage you that from self-compassion, many beautiful things will grow in your life, inshallah. You'll start to see more purpose for your own talents, inshallah. And the talents that you already have and that you're working on and developing, you'll get more satisfaction and happiness and joy out of them, inshallah. The last thing that I want to discuss from the book is opting out of the self-esteem game. That's what she calls it. She discusses how having positive self-esteem is something that has become something of that we do at all costs. And I myself always felt somewhat uncomfortable with striving for absolute self-esteem. But I'll be honest, I bought into it because I thought that was the way to go. Everyone talking about, oh, how great I feel. But I realized that it was not fulfilling, superficial. Later, I realized why, because this kind of thinking can be detrimental because you start to think of self-esteem as a magic potion to all your problems. There's no room for feeling bad. And how can we grow if we don't experience good and bad things? I've learned more about who I am and I've learned to appreciate my life more from the things that made me feel bad. They helped me to develop my skills and that I need to continue to move forward Feeling good all the time should not be our goal. And quite often with a lot of help, self-help, feeling good all the time is the goal. It's an impossible to reach goal. <laughs> Let's reconsider Ayah 155 of Surah Al-Baqarah. Allah has told us that he will test us. So why are we trying to be happy all the time? Allah ends that Ayah with give good tidings to the patient. And patient really is an incomplete translation of sabr because the Quran was revealed in the Arabic language. The Quran is the unchanged word of Allah. And sabr in Arabic has many different meanings in different situations. Its meaning is contextual. It includes forbearance, perseverance, determination, fortitude, steadfastness, and when you think about the fact that it means far more than just patient and that its meaning is contextual, then anytime you are facing a problem, no matter how big, you can cultivate some aspect of sabr. In that moment of hardship, you can reflect on the greatness of Allah and rely on him to get you through. You can practice being grateful that you aren't faced with some other test that other people are faced with. Being grateful for the test that you are being faced with and know that Allah has chosen it, chosen it for you. So there must be some reason it's good for you. In overcoming the death of my parents, I was really grateful that our family had a home. I was grateful we had food, clothing, that our basic rights such as healthcare were being fulfilled, yet not having parents is very hard, and it still is. But I know that by cultivating gratitude and continuing to move forward, having the courage to face each day, my suburb increases. That's the beauty of the definition of suburb. Each hardship teaches you something different about suburb, helps you to cultivate something different about suburb. And it helps you to continue to grow and to learn. It's also a way of motivating myself. And motivation that is also grounded in self-compassion fuels growth. 
Growth isn't about being perfect or having this perfect life. It's about moving forward and continuing to acquire the skills and tools that benefit your life. In Islam, we say striving because we are striving towards pleasing Allah and being granted Jannah or paradise. This is every Muslim's ultimate goal. And hopefully, as you begin to cultivate more self-compassion in your life, it will help you to reach your goals, especially your afterlife goals, because that's what this life is all about. Get into Jannah, inshallah. And you deserve Jannah, inshallah. Believe that you deserve Jannah, inshallah. Create an environment around you where you worship Allah in a way that I am deserving of Jannah, that Allah will give me Jannah. And I'm working every day towards Jannah and begging Allah for Jannah and for him to have mercy on me, inshallah. Thank you, everyone. Thank you, thank you, thank you so much for joining me today. I pray that you have benefited from this. Next week, we're going to talk about productivity. In episode three, I talked about creating lasting consistency. And there has been a lot of interest in that topic. So I will expand in the next two episodes to talk about productivity. I'd love to have your feedback, my friends. You can leave me a review here, or you can send me an email at fromnoorwithlove at gmail.com. I'm also reachable on Instagram from Noor with Love. You can follow me on Instagram for daily motivation and subscribe to my podcast so you get notification of future episodes, inshallah. Please share with your family and share in the reward from Allah's blessings, inshallah. May Allah- my name is Noor M. Fox, and you have been listening to From Noor with Love. Much love. <laughs>